All right, well, welcome to The Remnant. My name is Todd. I'm the pastor here, so it's really good to see you guys, even if you're not excited to see me. I'm excited to see you. Man, Krista, your whole row. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, so, you guys, you're not going to believe it. You're going to love this, Trent. It's one of Todd's famous exercises. No, we're not working out. I need volunteers. So if I've spoken to you already, come up. If I've already spoken to you, don't worry, I'm going to need a few more. i got to see how, oh, I think I... I think, yeah, I got her. You didn't think I'd be able to. I didn't either. All right. I even got Gina here. This is great. Okay, give them a hand because it's awkward to walk up. One, two, three, five. Okay. All right, I think I need one more. Now, girl would be great, but, however, you're going to be moving around if you're okay doing that because I know how you girls are, like, spinning and doing stuff. Are you okay? You're not a girl, AJ. Why are you waving your hands? Come on up, Suze. Give her a hand. All right, now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, starting with ladies first, Blake, get at the end. I just don't even want, I don't even want to look at you right now. I'm just kidding. So I'm going to come through, and you get to pick, okay? I'm not saying you're not going to be cocky, but if you had to pick one of these that you want to be, right, out of this list, clearly you may not like any of them, but out of the list that's left, I know, guys, you're going to be stuck with what you're stuck with, which one you want, okay? And then I need you to stick it to the front of your shirt somewhere. Deal? Deal? All right. You can pick one, two. Like if you, I know. Because I know if the guys went first, they would have picked that one. Yeah, I'll take this one. I had a feeling you would. Okay, good. Go put that on. She chose spouse. That's pretty awesome. Give her a hand. She wants to, uh, aw. Yeah, look at that. You got an aw. Okay. You get to go next. Okay, moving on. I didn't <laughs> I understand Andy will come up here and start fighting. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that'll work, actually. This is not, man. <laughs> oh, you can't. That defeats. All right. Now. Yeah, it's not. Thank you. All right, go ahead and put that on. Perfect. All right, buddy, you're left with a few more here. Which of these do you want? Nothing wrong with any of them. Look at that one. That <laughs> might be you. Okay. He chose. Oh yeah, I forgot. She chose winner. I'm terrible. Give her a hand. <laughs> nice. All right. He cho- He went with leader. I know. That's those aren't sticking. It can't mess with it anymore once it's on. I forgot to tell you that rule. You cheated. I just told you. <laughs> she stuck. She stuck it again. All right. You got. Okay. Go ahead. He chose success. I had a feeling you'd choose this anyway. Give him a hand. All right, Norman. This fits so perfectly. Go ahead and let everybody know. What does that say, Norman? It says hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, did you hear that? Who heard it? All right, here we go. So, you're out. I'm serious. Hey, you're out. I love him. Give him a hand. (laughs) All right. Hey, thank you. All right, here's the rules. Boy, that happened quick. Now, here's the deal. The way to win this game, okay, the way to win this game is, is whatever I tell you to do, you got to do, all right, if your sign falls off, you're out. Make sense? Okay. All right. So let's start with something easy. Okay, I want you in a, one at a time, don't kill each other, because whenever we do this, back up this way a little bit, Blake, what I tell you? In the shadows. All right? There we go. All right. Gina, you're going to have to move a little closer to him. Okay, perfect, because i got to get room. Now I want you guys to walk all the way over here at a pretty brisk pace. Please don't fall. All right, and then circle back and walk back there. Make sense? Nice. Look at that. Nice. Oh, it's going to get fun soon. Gina, I I notice your hair is over your sign like a cheater. I'm just kidding. All right, so. Pretty good. Now, this one's going to require, I'm, I, this is why I said this. I need you to do the same thing. You're out of here. <laughs> hey, give me a hand. <laughs> All right. You guys see those signs fairly well, right? On the camera, you're not going to be able to. Okay. Woo, down to four. This is getting scary. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around. <sighs> Please don't fall. Walk backwards and do the same thing. So, I know it's going to be hard. Don't trip. Yes, you can look. Susan's moving. All right. <laughs> 
Not the first time you've walked backwards with a sign on. I knew it was going to happen. All right. Did you grab it? Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Somebody's light's gone. That's okay. All right, that's pretty good. Now, spread out a little bit. Okay, Susie, you stand like right here. Gina, like right here in the middle, kind of. I know, the shadows is good. You come out a little. All right, hands out wide. You open this way a little, Gina. I know you're right on them. Okay, now I want you to spin around as quickly as you can three times. That's pretty good. All right, that was definitely not as quick as you can. Uh, all right, Gina is literally trying to be the winner. She is. Have you noticed this? I'm, all right, are you guys okay? No one's dizzy? Did you do it? Okay. Don't cheat. All right, I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to do it the other way around. Yeah, take your shoes off. That's a good idea. Oh, man, you were right on it. Okay, perfect. You can grab your shoes if you want, whatever. All right, so far so good. Give them a hand, right? They still survive. This is good. All right, now, this is what I want you to do. I need you to turn around. Just turn face that way. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay? And I need you, when I tell you to, to jump. Okay? When I tell you to. You're out. Give him a hand. That was part of the plan. I didn't. Oh, Sue's not. Give her a hand. We are down to, to two. All right? Everybody good? All right. Jump up and down three times. Hi. It's Gina. There. Okay. There we go. <laughs> good. Perfect. She asked me. She's like, you're not going to make me do anything crazy, are you? And I said, no. You just got to wear a sign. I tricked her. See, this could have been you, Drew. I tried to give you an opportunity. All right, turn back around. This is good. Okay, now, I'm trying to figure, Gene, this is really going to be hard for you, what I'm about to do. I'm about to embarrass myself. And don't ever say that I don't do things for you guys, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get on the ground, all right, and I need you to pull me up. Help me up. Can you, yeah, Gina, size, I mean, seems pretty fair. Yeah, okay, good. All right, who wants to go first? All right. This is, this is super embarrassing for me because my back hurts, so if I fall, all right. Good? One, two. Oh, that was nice. Thanks, man. All right, give him a hand. Are you ready? You sure? All right. Okay. I'm only probably like 10, 15 pounds heavier than you, Gina. All right. All right, go. Keep going. Keep Nice. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Pretty good. We're down to the wire here. Last one. I actually didn't think you'd make that one, Gina. All right. Go to that end again. Here's what I want you to do. This is sort of like an obstacle course, okay? So would you guys rather do it together? Okay, perfect. So, uh, Gina, you can go first. So just stand in front of him by, like, a couple feet. <laughs> Everyone that's watching on video is gone. They're like, this has no point. It does. So here's what we're going to do, all right? Once you get to that table, you're going to spin three times, spin three times the other way. Hey, you volunteered. Though you didn't know you'd have to do any of this. Then I want you to walk forward this way. This is where I need you to really be careful. Okay? And then backwards walk this way as fast as you can. All right? And I'm timing you. Uh, just <laughs> spin three times and then walk fast and walk fa backwards fast. All right? Go for it. Sure. She, yeah, come forward a little bit so he doesn't hit you with his big monkey arms. Okay. Perfect. Go for it. Look at, her, look at her do this so it doesn't come off. Backwards, backwards. Did she grab it? That's pretty impressive. Okay, we're doing something here. I'm not pulling it off. Of course you are. There. Using that hair weight. I see what's happening. Okay. Dude, she might get you here, all right? Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to tell each of you something. Hannah, don't pretend you can hear. You can't hear Okay, here we go. If you, what did you say? If you know how. Okay, ready? Go for it. Go for it. Wait, what are you doing? You're supposed to make him lose. You, you got to make him lose. Gina, do not make him fight you. All right, give her a hand. Give her a hand. Thank you. All right, you're good. You're good. Grab her shoes. Give her a hand. Yeah, nice. All right, perfect. Hey, Blake, real quick, hold up. So, Blake's the winner. Give him a hand again. <laughs> Blake, tell them what you had to do to win. I had to be me. What did you have to What did I actually tell you? I had, I had to be Blake. As long as you were Blake by the end of this, you win. Right? Deal. Does that seem fair? 
Why not? You're overthinking this. Why not? Thank you, Gina. I did trick you. I'm sorry. All right. She's like, sweating. What? Why not? Huh? He didn't have a sign. So what does that matter? What made it difficult? Huh? Yeah, man. Everyone else had to keep this sign on. He just had to what? Be himself. All right. Give him a hand one more time. Give You're lucky I didn't go with everything on the list. Because if it were guys, it would have been real bad. But the ladies helped you. Listen, I want to tell you guys a story. So the bottom line is I, I, I set it up. It was easy for Blake to win because nothing that he was going to do, whether he jumped, ran, spun, whether I punched him, see if it would have just been guys, whatever it was, Blake is still going to be Blake by the end, right? There was no way for him to lose being Blake. There's not a Blake sign on him that I can pull off. Why? It is what? What is it? It's who he is, right? She said that. That's who he is. That is who he is. You can't grab a hold of the Blake in him and rip it out. The other day, um, I was in, I can't say the name. I was in a store in Fort Wayne. Okay, I can say that much. So I was in a store in Fort Wayne, and I was going to buy these things that's supposed to naturally help you focus. As you can tell, they haven't worked. Um, But I bought them because it's the only place you can get them. And on the way out, so I'm checking all my stuff out, and the, the lady there was really nice. And, and listen, I've, anytime you've worked with customers, whether it's fast food or whether you've worked in, um, in a store, what is that called? What's it called? What's the word? Retail, yeah. Anytime you've worked in retail, you guys know, by the end of the day, you know, I'm not blaming them that they're just, mm, right? You're tired. You've dealt with a bunch of grumpy people. It's hard to continue to be not just smile, but be engaging. She was just really engaging. Like, oh, what's this? And I was like, it's brain juice. And I told you free ads. Ah, it works. Blah, blah, blah. So she checks me through and she's like, oh, that's really cool. And I heard her talk to the guy in front of me too. And just told him, um, gave him a suggestion. And actually he left. He's like, oh, thank you so much. So he went around to the back and was getting whatever he got. And I got to go. So an older guy behind me is probably 78, 80, I don't know. And he, he was well-dressed, pretty wealthy still, came up. You know, he had that, guys especially, you know, he's got that swag, right, that he was probably owned a company or something. Like he was, he, and he had a giant bag of, of organic carrots. And I'm talking at this bag, I know. I didn't even know people ate organic carrots, or that was a real thing. But these carrots, nothing wrong with it. It was a huge bag. I'm talking like this big, this round, who knows how much it weighed. And before he came up, she just goes, oh, sir, you, you, don't have to, uh, you don't have to pick that up and scan it because that's, you know, trying to be nice. She's like, I can just enter it in so you don't have to. And he goes, what? I said, you don't have to pick that up and scan it. And he sat there and he goes, I wasn't going to do that. And, and it was just a weird thing, okay? And it struck me. You guys, what do you mean? He had to make sure she knew I wasn't, I was, I'm not dumb. I already knew what you were going to tell me when, in fact, nobody would know that. Nobody would know that she didn't have to pick that up and scan it. He wanted to let her know, I wouldn't do that. I, I don't need your help, right? And it really struck me because this guy had lived and been successful. Clearly, I can tell that. I mean, let's just be real. We can tell that sometimes, or at least in his own, in his own view. This guy had been successful for how long? He's clearly retired, and yet he still had to make sure she knew that he didn't need to be told that he didn't have to pick these kids. It was such a weird thing. Are you, are you able to, to get there and think about it for a second? It's one of those things that 90% of the time you wouldn't even think about. But that day it just hit me. I was like, why? Because in turn what he really did was make her feel stupid, right? Why would I even help you? you know? I mean, but she did and she smiled and moved on. But I just I walked out and it really bothered me. I said, after all this time, I said, That's, I don't want to be that. No offenses. I, I don't want to be men. This is what I'm talking about when we talk about Lionheart and stuff like this idea of, of, I don't need anything. I don't need anyone. I'm always right. I'm perfect. I am a machine. I don't need any help. All these things. See, that's the temptation. You can go from the age of 1 to 78 or 80, and you can go to your grave and still live that way. Because he felt silly, which, by the way, how stable is your confidence if someone telling you you don't have to pick up carrots makes you feel silly? That he would rather make her feel silly. You see what I mean? He didn't say it in a nice way, a joking way. It was like, how dare you? He had it all together. He had to make sure she knew that he didn't need any help. Probably done that his whole life, right? I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I'm successful. Look at me. 
There's a cool verse in Isaiah. It's going to be up on the screen now. The context is, really, we're, we're foretelling Jesus. But God also is talking about Zion. Anybody know what Zion is when he talks about Zion? No? It's God's people. It's Israel, right? It's the, it's the people. So, by the way, even though it doesn't directly, right, relate, we are God's people today. Yes? Through Jesus Christ. I love this. Behold. Because he's talking about, I know you're scared, all these things. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Oh, man. I'm a words guy. Some of you are like, Who, what does that matter? Engraved. I have carved you into my hands. Engraving is different than drawing. That's why I love God and I love words, right? If I go out there and you, I graffiti the wall, that's pretty easy to clean up, right? There's some chemical, there's something that will take it off. But if I engrave something, depending on how deep it is especially, right, there's no getting, it, getting rid of it. That's how we have hieroglyphics. You realize that, right? People engrave things. We have these Egyptians engrave things, and after however many years in the sand, it's still there. And God was letting... His people know, I have engraved you. Engravings don't change. right? It's not a mural that you can kind of add and paint to. It's, it's set. I love that idea. I've never read this verse. I'm sure I have, and I just went through it. This is the ESV. Typically, I read from the HCSB, but uh, the ESV says engraved, and I think that's pretty awesome. Engraved. Did you know that you're engraved in God's hand? Makes it really powerful then when Jesus says, I'll never let you go. How can he? <laughs> right? You're a part of him. Engraved. God has already has us close to himself. If in this room today you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, not on your terms but his, that's the only way it works, then you are already close to him. You can never be any closer. And engraving doesn't change. It can't be wiped away. It's permanent. Who we are, listen to me, who you are as a person is engraved by God. See, we've heard the, everybody knows the verse, even non-believers, right? People, if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard the verse that says, I formed you in your mother's womb, right? I knit you together. You know why people love that? Because you're not an accident. You hear me? You're not a failure. You weren't, God didn't have like, hey, there's some, here's all the pretty stuff and here's the leftover goop and I'm going to make something out of it. And it, you were there. That's not how it works. He chose you. He made you. He formed you. He engraved you. It's not a mistake. Now, you can choose to not live that way. You can make mistakes, but you're not a mistake. You know, sometimes in Christianity, we have this idea that if I tell you that your identity in Christ, you know your identity in Christ. All the Christians in the room, you're going to not pay attention to me too. Or you kind of do the thing where you just zone over the phrase. Like, but have you ever thought about what it actually means? And we're getting ready to do, to, to do a couple series I'm super excited about. Did you see? I stuttered. I'm so excited. Over the, over the, there I go again. Over the summer. And um, in order to get ready for that, I thought to myself, it's really important, I think. Because as I was praying this week... And thinking, I know it's crazy, I actually do put effort into this. And praying about what God, I kept thinking about all the things I see, whether it's on TV, whether it's arguing, whether close friends, you know, I've told you guys, just one of the most beautiful things about my job is I get to know a lot of people on a personal level, right? I, I don't take that for granted. But I also see a lot of the wounds, right? I see a lot of the... The places that if you touch, I watch you put a hand up or you slap someone or you run away or you get mad or you justify or all these things, right? And it makes me sad because maybe it's a position, maybe because I get to see a lot of people and I'm always like, why are you doing that sometimes? I'm mean, I, Not like in a judgmental way, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to tell me you got it all together. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend there's no issues. It's okay. It doesn't change the way I view you. And I'm a human with all my flaws. So how must God see it? Identity is so important. And we have this thing, identity in Christ. I think some of the reasons some of you in the room that don't know Jesus, you rebel against this, and some of you that do, is you believe he wants to make you a clone. He wants to erase any individuality. But that isn't true, right? He engraved you differently. He could have made a bunch of stormtroopers, right, if he wanted. See what I did there? Cultural reference. Anyway, right? he could have done that. 
but he didn't. John Piper said this. He's a pastor. He said, in Jesus, we do not lose our true selves, but we become our true selves. Only in him. It's funny that I found that quote because I, I used to tell friends, I'm sure Tim and Adrian, some of those, I've, I've said it. Sometimes I feel like it's, we're statues, right? Walking statues of God's glory, I've always said. And part of being a believer and part of the process of being sanctified is not changing us. It's chipping the stone away. It's showing what's actually there. What's the stone? It's all of your identity issues, your defense issues, uh, your mistakes, your shame, your condemnation, the ways that you've used to get by. Your aggression, your defensiveness, all of it. Your drugs, your alcohol, your sex, your relational problems, all these things that you have used to function throughout life. God is saying you don't need that. We don't become clones by having our identity in Christ. We become the real us. What does that mean? Do you guys ever stop and think? This is why, like, I don't know. I hope God lets me keep doing it, but I guess on here it says speak from my heart because I don't need to write this down, so I want to let you guys know. I get tired, man. I get tired of trying to tell people the truth because you don't care, because you're living your life content to be miserable. You see, the majority of you in this room, you're not happy. You're not happy even 50% of the time. How do I know? Because I asked you that a couple months ago. Less than 50% of you are not even just happy, content in your life. And yet you keep doing the same things over and over again. Thinking that it's somehow going to change. Me too. We call ourselves Christians, but it means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Todd just told me to go to church. Oh my goodness, Todd's telling me to read the Bible. No, Todd isn't telling you anything. God is telling you how to have a healthy, functioning life. It's odd. I'll just talk to you for myself. Like, Some of you just want a pep talk. You don't want life. You want someone to make you feel good now so when you go home and are miserable, right, and you hurt yourself, whether it's with... Cutting, that's a big thing, right? Whether you cut yourself, whether you drink, whether you punch yourself, whether you, whether you take drugs, whether you go sleep with another body, whatever you do to make yourself feel better. Christianity's not become life, it's become a crutch that gets you through to the next week as you limp along, wondering why life isn't what it's supposed to be. How do I know that? Because I do it. And so week after week, I, you're like, why are you so angry? Oh, my goodness, this one lady kept coming over and over. You remember this lady, right? Mandy probably knows this because I would always ask her. She would come here all the time and say, why is he such a, just a mean preacher? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry sin exists. I, <laughs> I'm sorry that the Bible tells this. I'm sorry that you want to hear that you're good enough as you are. You are. Your identity's set, but you're not happy. You're not content. You're not alive. And I'm saying this to you because I start with myself. I look in the mirror and I go, what is wrong with me? Okay, not you. I say it to myself. And let me, let me tell you where I've landed. I don't believe him. And you don't believe him. I feel like I've been picking on the young people the last three weeks, probably because I haven't preached to you in a long, in a long time. But you just don't get it. Look at your life. Look at your friends' lives. It's just old people telling you what to do. No, God created you. And any issue that you have with yourself and hatred doesn't come from God. It comes because deep down, everyone in this room knows when you lay your head at night, the identity that you choose to give you life doesn't work. It's like me and energy drinks, right? You know, I drink one, I feel pretty good. I'm, God, Corey, I'm going to explain. He's like, what does that mean? Idiot. No, <laughs> See, Corey's identity is Todd's bully. That is what he, just kidding. I love the, I do love him. People are going to think if they don't know that we're friends, right? That, that, he's shaking his head. No. <laughs> but when I take an energy drink, right, why do I need another one? Why, when I drink more, do I need more? Because it doesn't work, and I'm chasing that feeling. I don't even get mad. I just get minister, ministry, like we all, you all are ministers, right, in some capacity. But doing what I do, the only, beyond the religious people, boy, I struggle. God's really working with me, with them. That's a fact. I confess it. 
I don't fit in and I need to do better in loving them. But the other side of it is, the, I, they, the other one, you make me mad too when you just go, <laughs> I'm just in here giggling. I can't wait till I quit talking and I can go out and whatever you do to feel better. Because what I say is, if I'm really honest, and I'm not supposed to tell you this because this is poor marketing, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Because it's air conditioning. You got a car, go to Walmart, right? I don't know. Go somewhere and chill out and have some air. Why are you here? You have a reason. I'm not a Christian, but I come. Why? What are you looking for? My parents make me go. You know why they make you go? Because they know that's where life is. Not at church, but what church should tell you about. To see it, man. To see us miserable over and over again. And it doesn't matter, just so you know, it's the successful people too. One of the most heartbreaking stories I've ever had in this church are some people that have it all together on the outside and then are upset that people aren't recognizing it enough. So they hop from place to place till they find the church that says, you're amazing. Look at your house and your clothes and your money and your car and you're awesome because that's what they do it for, right? Somebody's going to make them feel good enough. I'm not mad. I'm sad. I have a hard time feeling sorry, like sad for myself. I do feel sorry for myself. That's different. But sad for myself sometimes. But I can feel it for you, right? And, and, and it makes me sad. And it's not the people that are really searching. There's a lot of people in this room that are searching. And we're, we're trying and we're following. It's the people that play the game. Why? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you this, the honest, God-honest truth. You ready? I need to see if you're listening. I, if Jesus weren't real, if this had no power, I would not be a pastor. It's stupid. It's a waste of my time. It, there's easier ways to make a lot more money. There ain't nothing wrong with that, right? But the reason I'm telling you that story is because I know it's real. And I know you do too. A lot of you are like, why is he so? I'm not mad. I'm trying to get you to see this applies to all of us. And I'm going to tell you why later. But I want to read some verses. Whatever you listen, listen to me. Whether you're 12, 14, 18, 95, 130, listen. Because it applies to all of us. And there's something here. All right, Galatians 2, chapter 19 and 20. I want you to literally listen to this and not just Christianize it. And I, this is Paul talking to the church in Galatians. He says, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Leave that up for a second, guys. Well, that's 20. You don't have 19. My bad. For through the law I have died to the law, because this is an important part. It's not going to be up there. For through the law, the 19 says, for through the law I have died to the law so that I might live for God. I'm going to say that again. For through the law, I have died to the law so that I might live for God. If you want to live for God, you got to die to something. That's Oh, that's nice poetic words. No. You have to die to something. <gasps> it's weird, Todd. Don't talk about that. It can't have a cost. And then he says, and what happens? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. And the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's, let's think about it. I'm going to paraphrase this, okay? Because I want you to hear it bluntly. I have to die in order to live. Don't go out there and jump off a bridge. That's not what it's meaning, right? Some of you are literally like, oh, I want to jump off. No, that's not what this is about. What is Paul saying here? Well, let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. You die so that something new comes. I'll explain dying in a minute, okay? 1 John 3, 1 and 2 tells us what is the new thing. Look at how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. Stop. That's so good. You're not done. You don't even grasp the glory that's coming. You don't even understand what you are. You're not finished yet. What you're going to be is so incredible that however good you are now, it's not even going to compare. 
right? What does that mean? Does it mean you're not valuable now? No. Is a caterpillar not valuable because it becomes a butterfly? No, it's just, man, that's cool. Look at a caterpillar. they got a bunch of legs. That's weird. They can hang upside down. Wow, a butterfly can fly. That's even cooler. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Like who? Who do you think we'll be like? Jesus. What is Jesus? The son, What? The Son of God. You think he's going to be glorified, sanctified, perfection? We will be like him because we will see him as he is. We will become what we're meant to be. But, you ready? I'm going to go up. But we don't wait because what? We are God's children now. Some of y'all don't even act like you don't watch Harry Potter and what's the Percy Jackson and all these things. What makes them cool, right? Percy Jackson, what makes him cool? Don't, don't lie. Raise your hand if you've read Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief or whatever and you liked it. There's like shame in it for some reason, I, right? Who liked it, whether now or when you were a kid? What makes him cool? What? <laughs> yeah? His dad's a god. Yeah, right? Be pretty lame if he's like, yeah, this guy is, uh, I don't know, just a guy. <laughs> right? That's, you guys, you recognize that in stories, but we don't recognize it in ourselves. God's talking blasphemy. No, I'm not. I'm just reading what the Bible says. Part of the, the issue I showed in, in Gina somehow superhumanly survived it, right? The whole point of me laying on the ground is this. There's so much wrong not only do we hurt ourselves when we cling to these identities that don't give us anything, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you tangible examples. When you try to put your faith in something other than Christ, I'm going to explain to you what it means, okay? But not only do you do that, but it's impossible to truly love people and meet their needs if you're so busy trying to keep your identity. Because at some point, right, that's what Jesus is trying to get the Pharisees to see. You don't touch these people because they'll make you unclean. Right? Isn't that what they were doing? I need to keep my holiness, so I don't want to even be near that. That's why I struggle with religious people now. Oh, I can't be near sinners, and you're a Pharisee, and Jesus was talking to you because you somehow differentiate between yourself as a sinner and other people. We can't love like Jesus. You can't be a spouse like God wants you to be. You cannot be anything for other people when all you're focused on is keeping your own identity intact. How many people here, now this is going to be hard to explain unless you know, and I've decided today's just going to be me talking. Hopefully you understand where I'm at. Because these are my thoughts. You want in my crazy head, this is it. Gabby's the only one like, yeah, yeah, take me in there. All right, here's the thing. How many of you know someone, don't raise your hand yet, who, who right now you can think of, man, they try so hard to be cool, to look like they have it all together, and it's actually really sad, right? You may not say that to them, right? But there's people you know, whether it's they, they try to keep this image up to the point that it's like, oh, my goodness, like they're holding up a fig leaf, right? That's what it looks like. Anyone? No? I'm the only one? Yeah, all of you do. That's so sad, right? And not in a judgmental way because you're like, why are you doing that? And we, all, we don't tell them either, right? We don't call them out and go, hey, you're actually naked. You just got a leaf up, Right? We let them believe it. That, I just walked out and let that old man think, oh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, man, you know everything. Because it would be rude to tell him, you know, hey, you're, you're a jerk. But, and you did not know you didn't have to pick those carrots up. Why are you lying? <laughs> Having an identity in Christ is this, okay? And, and now hopefully this makes sense. It was like me, having your identity in Christ is like trying to take the Blake out of Blake. You can't do it. It's who you are. It's saying that it doesn't matter if James says, Todd, you are a horrible person and you're a scum sinner and you should never be able to preach, right? And you're going to hell. Okay, well, God says none of that's true, right? And it doesn't shake me. And even if it does, it doesn't make me want to go jump off a cliff. It doesn't make me want to punch him either. I only get worked up about what someone says as if I'm allowing it to actually give me an identity. That's why people get mad. See, some of you get mad when you're not perfect. Why? Because your illusion's being shattered, bottom line. But you need your illusion shattered. 
having our identity in Christ is about just, it's not about being some fake version of what a Christian is. It's about being you if you were Jesus. That sounds crazy, right? What would Jesus be like if he were you right now? How would he interact with his, his loved ones? How would he interact with the people he works with? It's, it's knowing who you are. It's knowing your name. I can sit here and say, hey, Blake, your name's stupid head. Ha ha, you're stupid head. I'm going to put it on your name tag. Ha ha, you're stupid head. The government's not going to call him stupid head just because I said that. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to make an analogy if you don't understand how ridiculous some of these things we do are. But if he knows his name is Blake, then it doesn't matter what I call him. He's going to roll his eyes and walk away and go, that dude is actually insane. He, th- he thinks he can change my name just by saying it, Right? It's the same with your identity in Christ. If we really truly lived out of it, nothing would shake us because you just roll your eyes and go, this person's crazy. They think they can change whose son I am, whose daughter I am. The best way to describe this is to tell you seven common false identities. And I'm going to tell you right now, every single one of you fit one of these. Sorry, these are some of the ones. We all do it, right? And just because you do it doesn't mean you're a failure. We just have to fight it. Number one. Occupation. If your occupation, this is easy, right? What does that mean? Well, let's think it through. Occupation could be, um, I am a manager. I am a doctor. I am an athlete. I am an athlete. (laughs) I am an athlete. I'm a pastor. I had a buddy here. He's in here. Go talk to AJ. He used to work in a phone place. I'll never forget this. He told me, he guy called in. He used to work for this company that sets people up in hotels. You cool with me telling this? Yeah, it's too late. I'm telling it. And a guy calls him, and he goes, hi there, sir, John, or whatever. He goes, it's Pastor John. He said, what? Pastor John. So he did it, and in the middle of the conversation, he kind of said it again. Okay, John, we got you set up. It's Pastor John. Ugh. Ugh. It doesn't matter who you are. Why is that dangerous? Because your occupation can be taken away. Okay, and it doesn't matter if you're an athlete. You know why a lot of professional athletes struggle with depression? They become um, poor. This is a fact. You look it up. They, they have no money. They kill themselves. They can blame it on whatever they want. I'm not saying there's not some physical things, but you want to know the truth? It's because their identity was wrapped up in something that was never going to last. As much as I tell myself that I can do the things that 24-year-old Todd can do, I can't do it. I can. Say, I just lied to you. I can. It just hurts more. <laughs> Your occupation. I know tons of people. Are you in this room? What happened if today you weren't what you do? What if you were um, unemployed? You know, when things happened, a lot of people struggled last year. Because who they were, it wasn't just they, they had a job, but they weren't at their job. So who am I? Who am I? Number two, goes along with it, but it's different, money. I am my money. Recognize me. Look how much money I have. Look how much, look at my car. Look at my, um, look at my instrument. Uh, look at my horses. I don't know, it could be anything, right? Whatever it is, money stands for some tangible thing that you think gives you an identity. Oh, look how nice that is. Look at that. Look at that Lamborghini. That's mine. Okay. It'd be cooler if, like, you were a Lamborghini. I know that sounds weird, right? Like, then I'd be impressed. Right? That doesn't impress me. It's a piece of metal that you happen to have a piece of paper that says you own. Honestly, if I want, I could take it from you. Right? Imagine that. I'm like, this is my land. I punch you. I drive off in your car. Where's your car now? Huh? Right? <laughs> That's how easy that stuff can be taken away. But listen, if you're one of those people, you probably don't recognize it. Money can't be your identity. And Jesus tries to say that all the time, right? Jesus says over and over and over. He tells a parable about uh, a guy who saves up. And he's like, you know what? Now I'm just going to relax and live off my money. And, you know, the God essentially says, you fool. Tonight your very life will be taken from you. Your life of accumulating wealth to be stored in a barn means nothing. It's not wrong to have money. But spiteful people, it's not, the, it's not money is evil, root of all the evil. It's the love of it. It's okay, right? You need, truth is, we need wealthy people in the kingdom. <laughs> Bottom line. But there's a reason that Jesus talks about the poor a lot. And, the re- and why does he say it's easier for a rich man huh, to go through the eye of a needle or a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Why? Because when you got money, right, I can do anything. 
I don't need anyone. But it can be taken, can it? Number three, this all builds. I hope you see that status. And that's the reason I put status is that can change. You might be the head of the PTO, or you might be, uh, I don't know, whatever. You might be the ministry leader, and you might be the captain, and you might be the number one person on the bowling team. It doesn't matter. I'm, you're the coolest person in the bar. You are the hottest person. So that, it's a status, right? You're good looking. What happens when it fades? Because it will. That's why it's important, man, I'm talking to you especially. You know what the Bible says? Yeah, beautiful woman is great, but you better find a woman of character, right? Not because they're not beautiful when they get older, but because that's the stuff that makes someone beautiful, truly. And we know it whether we want to admit it or not. Status. Man, that's sad. That's why guys one-up each other. Women, you do it too. You do it way more subtly than we do. You're like, (laughs) oh, that's a nice cake. I baked 10 yesterday. Or I don't know why you're like, oh, that's a nice kid. Mm, a little too much salt. Right? That's, and men are just like, like, hey, man, did you see me hit that three-pointer? Yeah, I hit seven of them yesterday. Yeah, well, I hit ten, and then it's over, right? They're constantly one-upping themselves. Status, it can be taken away, guys. It falls. I, 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 I never realized in my life, because I didn't care what people thought, I thought that that would be one for me, but it was. This sounds so ridiculous, in this town even, okay? And I don't mean this in a way of like, I really thought I was a prince, but I use it as a, it came to my head one time. Like I was, everybody loves you when you're a prince. You find out who really loves you when you're a pauper. Okay, there was a time when I, do you want to, you're not going to believe this. You might remember this. Andy, you remember this. When I first came here, and I could say this now, I didn't recognize it went to my head. They're like, church is trying to get me to come there, battling for me to come there. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I know pastors that are watching, and some of you did it, right? Come here, come here. They did. And you start, I didn't realize it, but over time, you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, yeah, I'll come visit you. What you got for me? What are you recruiting me with? Because who I was, what I did, became an identity. When it was stripped away, it was really hard for me. Because then they made me feel good. They started telling me, hey, you are a good guy, and God does love you, and you're doing things for the kingdom. And then it turned to, you're a false prophet, and you're this, and you're that. And I was going, wait, these people were the ones telling me that I was, now I have to find out who am I really? Do you believe that? didn't mean that the things that I got were wrong, but I put too much of my identity in it. I got to keep moving. Number four, this is a big one, relationships. There's a quote. I always remember this. If you're not a words person, you'll think this is stupid or meaningless. If you like to read or you're, I'm serious, and this might mean. I remember from John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart, he's talking about women. Ladies, when it comes to you, it's, it's, he said, it's, it's a quote, it's a heady thing to be called a goddess. Right? What does that mean? Like, it feels good when a man worships you, and they do. It's easy, right? They lift you up, and, and your very word can make them, most, a lot of men, feel like they're garbage or make them feel like they're Superman, and that power feels good. Whether you want to admit it or not, it does. And some women, they, they're like, well, men, we're going to come to you because we know what we do here. But ladies, I think for you sometimes, you don't think you're one of those, but you are, right? I want... And once the person no longer sees me as a goddess, I'm going to go find another guy that will. And on and on and on. And sometimes you won't necessarily cheat with your body. Right? But you'll flirt and you'll wink and you'll do all the things you can to get that identity to be considered a goddess, to be desired. Because without it, you're not good enough. If someone doesn't want you, you're not good enough. Men, easy. Same thing, right? Girls are awesome. I just said it. it. can make you feel. I can tell you you're great, and you go, whatever, man. And she goes, you're great. You're like, I love you. Here's a poem, right? And then I go, hey, man, I heard you wrote a poem. No, I didn't. <laughs> right? You like girls, they make us feel better about who we are. They tell us that, you know, we're not bad. And they tell, it's, it's sad, but it's part, of the, it's part of what their gifts are, right? It's part of the way things work is they can make us want to do better. And it's in a, that's an enticing thing. But you know what's funny? Over time, if we're not careful, we can go to them instead of God. Tell me who I am. Why do guys cheat? Because over time, you're like, oh, this is enough, right? If their identity's not in the right place, oh, oh she says, she says I'm something special. I've already heard her say it, Right? Let me find another one, on and on and on. But it's empty. 
Number five, religion. Do you know your religion can be an identity? I don't have to tell you much. The Pharisees did it. I go to everything all the time. You know, I'm, I'm at church six days a week, and I give the most money. I had a person. I tell this story all the time. What more do you want from me, Todd? I give my offering. <laughs> I don't know. I want you to obey God. <laughs> you know, seek him. I'm doing all the religious things. And that's why God all the time, Jesus constantly told st- stories, you know, the Samaritan, sorry, the good Samaritan. What's the point of that? The point is the person you thought wasn't godly truly lived out what it is to be a godly person, not the religious elite that walks by. Do you just talk the talk or do you walk the walk? Do you, are you only religious to get something? It's easy to be, you know, a lot of pastors fall, right? We, they're human, first of all. I mean, some that aren't, weren't at all, right? There's, there's pastors that fall, and, and they repent in the command. There's pastors that are, that are wolves, right? Why do they do it? Because it's awesome to be looked at, and people listen to you, and they come and go, hey, how you doing? And they act like you know everything when you really don't know everything at all, right? Religion. Number six, got to keep moving. I'm going to lose everyone. Perfectionism. Oh, my goodness. Ding, ding, ding. If you can do everything perfect... Then what? You're better than people? That's what it comes down to. Here's a quick check. Can you ever admit you're wrong? Is it difficult for you to admit you're wrong? If it, 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 by the way, man, I don't know. I, I'm not good at this because I'll see people say, move there, and I'll be like, yeah, you are one of them, right? Perfectionist, you think it's hard to admit you're wrong, then you're a perfectionist. Oh, that's not wrong, right? That gets rewarded in society. But you get your identity from it. That's why you crash when you make a mistake. What do you mean I didn't do it right? I have people very close to me that if they disappoint someone, well, then, you know, they're worthless. Which ties to number seven, actually, people-pleasing. You're only good enough if people say you are. How exhausting is it? I did that one, too. It's exhausting to be a people-pleaser. You can't do it. Here's the, here's the trick. Someone's always going to be mad at you. You know when I became a better pastor? I'm serious. And you were like, Todd, you have a long way. I know. But you know when I became a better one? When I literally realized, hey, half of you are going to be mad at me. Literally, every, every week, half of you are mad at me. Maybe more. I just wait till you come back around, right? And then the other half gets their turn. That's what it is. <laughs> but it used to be, I, it, early on, and a lot of people at this church, you know, I always tell the story where Tim said, it's like you're looking through me. It's because I was trying to run around and put all the fires out at once and make sure everybody's happy. And then what happens, though, when making Sue's happy clashes with making Jess happy, and then I try to make them both happy, and then nobody's happy, right? So that's why I've settled into this half and half thing. Half you can be mad and half of you can't. That works out. You can check the schedule on your way out. Anyway, (laughs) where are you getting your identity from? I st- I'm not perfect at this, but some people I've had, uh, actually, I, I use AJ a lot. One of the things, AJ, I love AJ. I love him. You guys know that. I love him. One of my favorite people. You want to know why I love him? It's not why you guys think. It's because he's very honest. And the dude loves Jesus, and like he's just real about it, right? When he screws up, he screws up. And when he doesn't, he doesn't. But one of the things he said to me, we, he comes up one time a few weeks ago, and he goes, man, I just love how you just keep doing it, right? You, just, you always are just confident in who you are. And I'm like, I, I think I literally laughed. I was like, that is not true. That is not true at all, right? And, and, but some of you think that, oh, Todd's all confident, whatever. Well, the, any confidence I have comes from this simple fact. It doesn't matter if I think I'm worthy if God's called me to do it. It doesn't matter if you think you're good enough if God says you are. Because in the very moment that you say you're not worth it, and he says you are, who is God? You are. Any confidence you see has actually come from me, from agonizing pain and recognizing that I am his only by his grace and goodness. And if he tells me to talk to you guys, even though half of you ain't listening, then I'm going to talk to you until he tells me to stop. Bottom line. Because when I don't go his way, things get really hard. What's God telling you to let go of? When are you going to stop? How long do you want to be miserable and pretend you're happy? Hey, kids, teens, oh, you're hip and cool. How long before you finally say, oh, it's, maybe it's not normal to be miserable all the time? 
But you're going to stop blaming it on yourself and understand that you're just not willing to accept that your value is not contingent on what the bullies at school say, on whether a boy or a girl says, or what you think about yourself. It's about what the God who engraved you in his palms says you are. No music today. Because the truth is, I still think this will be, if you do get anything out of this, you want to know my honest opinion, it's going to be one of those messages where you're just going to have to walk out and think about it later because you just, you've heard it too many times. You've heard it too many times. Identity, 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 devotion on identity, identity. Who are you? What's the real root of your unhappiness? What are you chasing? If I just had a girlfriend, if I just had a boyfriend, I talked to one of my best friends. Oh, and if he watches, who cares? He gets mad anyway. One of my best friends in my life, I've known him years and years and years, breaks my heart to see one of the most gifted guys I've ever known. He should be standing here. I'm, I'm dead serious. He should be standing here, not me. If there ever was a guy who was like pastor-like, it was him over me, right? If you, if you, if you went, when we were in college and you said, Todd's the pastor and the other guy, you wouldn't believe it. Let me tell you why it is. It has nothing to do with my giftings over him. It has nothing to do with anything like that. He refused and still does, and I love you if you're seeing this, he still refuses to accept that who he is is said by God and not by some woman and not by his own self-worth, but by who God says he is. And he's missed a lot of opportunities that I believe God put before him, but he didn't think he was good enough. He just told me that. Is that you? What's the root of your unhappiness? Because if you think that girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse is going to make you happy, you are lying to yourself. They will bring you some happiness. They are a good thing, but they can't be the source of your entire worth. That's too much weight. And so you walk around miserable and mean to people because God didn't give you a spouse. He didn't give you money. He didn't give you a job. He didn't give you the things you wanted. He gave you everything. He gave you an identity. What are you scrambling? This is what I want to leave you with. Who are you? If you're really honest, what's the mask? You, what's, the, what's the piece of paper you try to keep up? I don't need anyone. Some of you in this room, you don't need anybody, right? And it's weird because you, your friendships, you don't have a lot of deep friendships. Why? Because you don't need anybody. Friendships are a two-way street. Who are you? What's the real root of your unhappiness, the need? And what are you scrambling to make people see or believe about you that's preventing you from ever really having joy, from ever really having peace? I'll leave you with that. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for your goodness, and I thank you that we're engraved in your hand, in your palm. I pray that people would understand how much you love them. I pray they would understand that it's you tell us to do the things you tell us to do, not because you want to just tell us what to do, but because you love us as a dear father uh, and we're your beloved children. And you want us to, to rest and have goodness and to know our worth and value isn't found in the creation but in the creator. I pray for peace. I pray for courage for people to throw away their signs. And I pray, Lord, for a revival in your church among your people across this country and this world who find their worth and value in you and in doing that really, really make an impact and point people to the Savior. I thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.